Well, good morning. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, I think that I think that was God calling us right there. Hey, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago when Connor was first here, I said like, "Holy crap!" I don't want to. We should just keep singing, and I still kind of feel that way. But I just want to welcome everybody here this morning. My name is Derek, and I have the great privilege to be the pastor of Shift Church. And today, I want to wish Shift Church a happy, happy birthday, so we can celebrate that. One year of officially launched, but here's the thing. For some of us in this room, this is two and a half, three years. When it was just a dream. Thanks, Courtney, for making me smile. I just to think, two and a half, three years ago, it was just a thought. And an urging of what, what could God do if just a small group of people said, you know what, we're going to get real, we're going to lose our religion, and we're going to get real and have an authentic, we're going to shift from these cultural norms, is what we said. Shift from cultural norms and shift into an authentic relationship with Jesus. Hence what shifting gear shift comes from, in case you're wondering. I'm not a big car fan, so it didn't come from like shifting gears or anything. But I wanted to wish everybody here a happy birthday. For those of you who've been listening to us online faithfully, I want to say, I just want to say, hey, thank you so much for listening to us online. Um, pop in and see us sometime. I know some of you are across the world, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But we're so excited. And I thought as I was preparing this morning, um, what would be some of those, oh, yeah, which is the title of my sermon this morning. What would be some of those, oh, yeah, moments in the last year? You know, those moments where you look back and go, man, that was ridiculously crazy. You know what I'm talking about? Well, as I was thinking, like, what could I talk about? I thought, well, maybe one of the aha moments would be that on this Sunday in January 2015, our, our, our attendance, you can go put that slide up, our attendance was 15 in attendance counting shift, shift kids. Which you're like, holy crap, Derek, y'all started a church with 15 people? Yeah. But now, in the last couple of months, we've averaged 55 counting shift kids, which that's a huge deal in a year. That's a huge deal. Which, if you want to get, nail, nail it on down, we, have, uh, we, we started out with four kids and shift kids, and my family took up half of them. Okay? <laughs> we had four kids and shift kids, and now we're averaging 11.9. Somebody almost had a baby. Almost. Almost. We had 110 first-time guest cards turned in, which is a huge deal. 110 people. That's not counting people who just didn't do it, but that's 110 people who said, here's my contact information. That's a huge deal. And you're like, Derek, why is that so an aha, all yeah moment? It's because every number has a name and every name has a story. So I think, I think of stories like Courtney and Chaz, and Tabitha, and Lisa, who were all baptized in the last year. And this, if you remember their stories of how they felt hopeless at times, but now that in Christ they found hope for the first time, that's what it's all about. Every number has a name, and every name has a story. But I got to thinking, you know what? That really isn't like an oh yeah thing. I mean, it is, but it's not really like, oh yeah, it's party. So I thought, oh, I know what I could talk about. I could talk about community engagement. Like how we fed the football team in the marching band of South Dole High School. Like we, 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 we said, they called us and said, hey, listen, we had some, some churches back there, you know, feeding our football team, our marching band. Would you guys be willing to do it? And I'm sitting there going, how many people's in the, you know, how many people are we talking? 
But what we said from the beginning was that we, we wanted to be a church that was for the community, not just in the community. A church that says, you know what, we're going to be portable, and even though we'd love to have a permanent space, since, our, since we are portable, the stuff that you see here, the lights, all this, the sound and stuff, it's, it's, for, it's for our community. It's not Shift Churches, it's South Knoxville's. So, we're, so, we'll, so we'll, yeah, we'll come feed the football team. We'll come feed the marching band. And we also, like, we, we did this, we, you know, we, we ran Sound and Lights for South Dole Middle School's musical last year. We'll do it again this year. We ran, we ran sound and loaned our equipment and lights to Bonnie K. Elementary's Veterans Day program. The more things we're going to do in 2019 is we're going to do eighth grade prom, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Pastor Derek. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because we really believe that we're not just, I think too long the church has built walls instead of being outside those walls. Or what about that we invested in, the, in this last year at one, uh, during our love week, $2,800 and 108 volunteer hours during our love week and community engagement through Bonnie Kate and Revision House where we built fences and put in a new driveway. Anybody remember? <laughs> Hard day, wasn't it? Long day. Because we, we believe that what's ours is theirs. We're going we're gonna, to, whatever helps our community, not only maybe it be monetary or whatever, but maybe they can see the love of God through the, pe- the hands and feet of the people that say they serve God. That's what we said we were going to be about. Even though that's all awesome, I was like, man, that's not really an oh yeah kind of thing. Like, it's cool, like a church our size being able to do some of this stuff. But that really wasn't an oh yeah. So I thought about, what if I talked about our online streaming stuff? Like people getting online and, and listening. That, let me tell you what, it's 1,657 people. That's not just how many times people, that's new users logging into our website, listening to our sermons from 10 different countries, from over 10 different countries, which include US, the U.S., France, Brazil, Germany, the Netherlands, Italy, Canada, China, Iraq, Peru. I think, man, this is awesome. That's 1,600 and whatever people. Even got communications with some of them through email. I'm like, man, this is so cool. People listen to me around the world. But I was thinking, you know what? That's really not, oh, yeah, kind of material, is it? But then I thought, I know what it is. I know what it is. Because people love when pastors talk about giving. That was supposed to be a joke. Because <laughs> when pastors talk about money, you know, it's woo. Which we'll talk about this in a little while. But, but just to think that our 2018 before we switched our budget around, before we switched our budget year around from to August, starting in August, our original budget was fifty thousand dollars. It was actually forty-eight thousand. We just rounded it up to fifty, and our actual intake this year was fifty-five thousand two hundred twenty-seven dollars. And in our year of in, yeah, you can clap for that. In our year in giving, did I put that one on there? Our year in giving, we were able to give away three thousand one hundred ninety-eight dollars to our community. So, because what, what we said, because since we're going to say all of our resources is our community's resources and our world's resources, we said, oh, oh, Revision House, you, you, you help women come off the street and, and get, get their life back on track and help them see the, the, how, how God has hope and hope for them, even though they, they suffer with a disease called addiction. So, you, yeah, we'll, we'll help you with that. Here's, here's you some money to get whatever you need to help them. Oh, you're an organization, Love Justice, that stops sex trafficking in, around the world? Like you, you rescue little girls and little boys out of, out of the sex industry. Yeah, we'll, we'll give to that. Oh, you're, 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 an or, you're, you're, on a, you're a daycare, not an orphanage. 
that, that allows parents to keep their kids in Honduras instead of shipping them into an orphanage where they never get to see their parents? Oh, and while you're, they're there, you're, you're teaching them the hope that's found in the gospel? Absolutely, we'll, we'll, sit, we'll help you there. Because what we said was, you know, we don't want to be just a church that focuses in. We want to be a church that focuses out in our community and in our world. And I'm telling you, we are having an impact in this world. We are having an impact. But I got to think, man, all this stuff is really cool stuff. But it's not really an all, yeah, kind of party when we talk about these things. At least, I mean, I think they're cool. Like they incite me... like they get me energized because I'm, I'm an, I like looking at numbers, kind of, except for my own bank account, but I like looking at numbers. <laughs> so when I looked over the last, last year, I thought about all these moments, but I wanted to kind of share something that maybe would encourage you guys for 2019. Not only as us, as Shift Church, but, uh, but as individuals, because I believe for Shift Church to operate the way that we feel God has called Shift Church to operate, we have to operate that, that way as individuals. And I'll walk with Christ. And what we said, the way that we're going to do that is because we're going to, we're, we use this little word, and it was this little word called risk. Like we were going to take risk because we serve a big God who's in control of everything. We're going to take risks that other people aren't willing to because we serve a big God who can handle it. We're going to take a risk and allow people to come and ask tough questions because I think God's strong enough and smart enough to answer those questions. We're going to be a church for for people who don't really fit in for any other church. We're going to be a church that says, you know what? Yeah, you don't have to be perfect. You don't got to be all right to come up in here. Come in here in your mess. Come here and experience the love of God just where you are because that's what Jesus did as we're going to look at in this story in a minute. Because see, that word risk encompasses all of our core values. But there was something else that we talked about this past year that we're going to, that's kind of been our motivation for, for really, I almost say, the rest of our existence. And it's this idea of that we as Shift Church, as believers in Christ, we have got to pour it out in our community. We've got to pour it out. And you're like, Derek, what do you mean by pour it out? Well, we're going to get to that in a second. We're going to look at a story. And to kind of give you a background of this story. It's Holy Week, and if you don't know anything about Holy Week, not like it's Holy Week this week, but, but Holy Week is a week where it's the week that Jesus is going to die for our sin. And the high, so the high priests are looking for a way to kill Jesus, and let's kind of listen to what happens here. Now the Pharisees, now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. Verse 2. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot because, because people follow Jesus. People love Jesus. While he was in Bethany reclining, he meaning Jesus, while he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper. And I'm going to pause there for a minute. Like, how would you like to have that nickname? Simon the leper. Or Mary the prostitute. Or Jason, Jason the addicted. Like how would you like to be known for something that you did instead of for who you are? What this, what this passage tells me is that, that Jesus met people where they were. They didn't expect people to be better than what, what they were in that moment. What he said was, no, I want to come to you. 
and I'm going I'm to love you where you are. Like the church oftentimes tell people, tells people that they have to clean themselves up to, to come to God. And I'm here to tell you that God loves you where you are. He's not in love with some future version of you. He's in love with you today and where you are today. Because let's be honest, we can't really do anything about our situation anyways, can we? That's why Ephesians 2 says you're dead and you're sinning. Dead people can't do anything. But the gift of grace, the grace that comes from God, is a free gift given to give you life. He meets you in your mess. That's why we, we say all that we say, I say this all, often. How many of your sins were future sins when Christ went to the cross? All of them. And since the cross is something central to our belief system, it's something that since, in like, since Jesus is outside of time, meaning that, like where he was, he was. We're, we're, like today, the day that we're in right now, isn't just a day in the future to him. Today was a day that he was back then. So when he was hanging on the cross, he was here in this moment with you, and which means he knew how screwed up you and I would be, and yet he still made a way. Like he knew how messed up I would be, and Courtney would be for sure. He knew how screwed up we'd be. He knew that he knew that Derek would be labeled this bad word because he slept around with people all the time. He knew he knew that you'd be called that that addict because he knew that you were going to be shooting up. He knew that you would be called that liar because he was there. And here's the thing, he still made a way for you. If that doesn't show the love of God, I don't know what else can. Like he knew how screwed. It's like I don't care how dirty my kids get, I'm still going to love my kids. Like in his calling, he's, he's sitting at the table with you, going, "Come follow me." And I think us as a church, and I think this church in general of the past history has forgotten that God met people where they are. So we've closed our doors to people that don't look like us, act like us, raise their hands like us, speak like us, and it's time for us to put a stop to that. That's one reason why we started Shift Churches, because we, we wanted people to come here and experience Jesus in, on, at their own pace, at their own level. That's why we do kid stuff in the back. That's why we, we want people to know who God is on their level and meet him. Like, I think too many times church, church people rush things too much. Let's just let people take Jesus at their own pace. That's a whole different tangent. I'm going to get back to my sermon. I'm sorry. Let's go on, verse 3. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured it, poured it out, the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to, to one another, why, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can, you can help, help them at any time you want, but you will not always have me. She, she did what she could. I want you to remember that. She did what she could. She poured out. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. It's kind of like Jesus knew something was coming. I think it's because he was God, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Duh. But he knew it was coming. Verse 9. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And here's what I think. I don't know where you stand on risk this morning, but in this passage I see a woman who's willing to break down some barriers 
and to make a move. See, this, this is kind of going to be a hard week for Jesus, right? There's a, there's a lynch mob waiting for him in Jerusalem. He's going, to be, uh, he's going to be assaulted with their accusations, which are not really true, but nevertheless, they're acted upon. He knows this because it's Jesus, but I want, I want you to notice like what it says in verse 3. I love this. Is, um, when he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon, like, he, like while they were scheming to kill him, he was just chilling at the table. And here's, here's a free note. This, you don't have to pay me for this one this morning because it's not really part of the sermon, but here's a free note. That when the dark storms of your life come, when the darkness of your life come, in the dark times, he is our peace. Because if he can be peaceful in moments like this, he can, he can be peace for you in your dark times. In the dark times, he is our peace. And if, if you parallel this story to John 12, you find that this woman is Mary, who bro- whose brother Jesus raised from the dead. And, and now we understand why to everyone else in, in, in that room today it seemed like a waste. It's because they hadn't experienced Jesus like she had experienced Jesus. Like she hadn't seen, like they hadn't seen Jesus move in, in their lives like, like Mary had seen God move in, in, her, in her life. Like for some of us in this room, God has moved in your life in a powerful way. And, you're, and, you're, and, and, and people are going to look at you and think that you're, think that you're crazy. They're going to think you're crazy when, when, when you stand up and you're singing loud. And you're like, well, they're like, can you please be quiet? Because you're singing too loud. And you can just look at them like Jesus said, please leave me alone. I don't care if you thought my singing, singing was good. You didn't save me. You didn't raise me. You didn't heal me. We're gonna, I'm going to praise God with, with everything that I have. Because I've experienced something. Just like Mary had experienced something here where she felt like she needed to pour everything she had out at the altar of Christ because of gratitude for what he had done in her life. So the question becomes, well, Derek, what are we going to pour out? Here's number one. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. We're going to pour out our time. We're going to pour out our time. Verses 4 and 5 say this. Some of those presents were saying indignantly to one another, why, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Here's this, here's this lady who took the time to serve because while others thought it was wasteful, she, she saw it as worship. Sometimes you're going to do some things. You're going to volunteer your time. You're going to do, you're going to, you're going to do, some, do some things that, are, that, are, that people are going to look like, why are you wasting your time? And what we're going to say as individuals, since we're believers in Jesus, because he poured it ultimately out for us, is we know what, you know, we're not going to look at this as, as wasteful. What we're going to do is, while others see it as wasteful, we will see it as worship. While others see it as wasteful, we will see it as worship. Like, Derek, what does that really look like? What does time look like? Maybe, maybe for somebody in here, it's as we start up our, our, our round of, of small groups, maybe, maybe it's you saying, say, you know what, I'm going to take the time to host this or lead this. And here, I'm going to say this over here. We, we tried this a little bit last year, and it didn't really go too well, and that was my fault because I wasn't intentional with it. So I'll put the blame on me. 
with it rested on my shoulders, all right? But listen, for some of us in here, it's God's called us to take the time to host and to lead a small group. Or we can, or we can make to take the time to, to make disciples. And people are like, why, why are you going to waste your time doing that? And then we're going to say, because it's worship, because we see kingdom impact. Having people in our house to say, hey, let's just co- have a conversation about what God is doing in our lives. What we're learning. So maybe for you it is that hosting or leading. Or, or maybe for some of us it, it might just be something as simple as serving in our community. It doesn't have to be with us. If you don't like what we do, then whatever. But as, as believers in Jesus, we're called to serve, to take the time to serve. And you have a great opportunity tomorrow at 8 o'clock at South Dole Middle School as we feed South Dole Middle School staff. So if you want, that's kind of a commercial. If you want to come help serve. Okay. South Dole Middle School, 8 o'clock. Maybe it's doing something in your community. Maybe it's like when Love Week comes around again this week, you say, you know what? I'm going to take some vacation time that I, that I have, and I'm going to go and serve with, serve with my church. I want to see impact. I want to see an impact of how, like, you should have been there at, at Revision House when they saw us roll up in there for, for those that weren't there. Not asking for anything in return, but just giving to them, saying, hey, listen, we want to make this place better for all of you guys. Because we believe that Jesus takes things and redeems things. And we want to take this space and we're going to redeem it and we're going to make it a place where healing happens for you. Or maybe for some of us, it's maybe something really simple as, you know, the urging you've been feeling to have that conversation with that person? Maybe it's just taking the time to finally do that. Taking the time to have that spiritual conversation with somebody, share your story with them. Like, I, I think back of the story when I first started working at South Dole Middle School. And there's a, there was a teacher, she's no longer there, but there was a teacher there who was suffering with vertigo bad, and she was hopeless. She felt like she was all alone. I remember walking in the office, she's doubled over crying, and I'm, you know, it's one of those weird moments, you know, when you walk in on grown people, like, crying, it's kind of weird. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I walk in, I'm kind of like, I look at the secretary, I look at her, and I felt this urgency of God's going, just go have a conversation, come back. She just needs somebody to talk to. And in my mind, I'm going, I have to go pick up some kids. I don't have time for this. And looking back, I really, that's one of the most painful things that I've, I feel looking back in my life, that I didn't take the time to share some hope with her. And so I'm here to, t- I'm, I want to tell you guys, I'm here to tell you, don't let the devil have that. Don't let the devil have that. I might even say this morning that I, like, I'm here to declare that the devil has no room in our life. We elevate the devil so much that he influences that way when really we should write a note on the bottom of our shoe because he's below our feet. Maybe it's just taking time to have that conversation with somebody. What's the second thing we're going to do? I've got to hurry. We're going to pour out our talents. We're going to pour out our talents. You're like, Derek, I can't do much. Well, I think that's kind of the wrong approach. I think that's the wrong thing to say. I think the better question is, well, what can I do? Instead of saying, I don't think I can do much. See, verses 6 and 8 say this. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have, you'll, and, you, and you, can, you can help them at any time you want, but you will not always have me, verse 8. But she did what she could. She poured perfume on my body before, to prepare for my burial. 
Here's what I want to tell you. You can say, well, Derek, what can I do? Well, do what you can. Just do what you can. Maybe it's something as simple as write letters of encouragement to people. Send little cards to people. I got some people that you can send some encouragement to if you need it. There's a bunch of them at the school. There's a bunch of people. Just little encouragement words. Maybe you're good with words. You can write that down. Or I'll be honest, you have two lips and two vocal cords. Won't you share your story? Well, Derek, I can't sing. I'm not going to, but you're pretty good at opening a door when people show up. You can open a door and have a conversation with somebody. Well, Derek, I can't, I can't, speak, I can't get up on a stage and speak. I'm too nervous. I can't do, I can't, like, that is impossible for me to do. Well, you might not be able to do that, but you're really good at building stuff, and you can come help us set up. Or you can go help somebody build their house or move into their house. Amen, Justin and Kevin and Kirby, they're in another room right now. Like, you, there's something you can do. God's given you a talent. Just do what you can. God's given you hands and feet. Why don't you go serve? God's equipped you for everything that you need to do what he's called you to do. That urging in your, in your feelings. We as believers, we have, that, we have that, you know, that internal, like, I feel like God's called me to do this. And if he's called you to do it, he's equipped you with the, the, what you need to do it. So take a risk. Because remember, that's what we said we were going to do. Take a risk and take that step out and do what it's called you to do. And you, you're able to do more than what you could ever, ever realize. See, I used to think, like, I wasn't good enough to do this. And I still don't really feel like I'm good enough to do this, okay? Like, sorry, people of Shift Church. Like, I don't really know how to be a pastor, <laughs> okay? This is my first time, <laughs> all right? But here's what I do know is that God blesses the person who takes a step. I remember the first time that I ever preached, okay? First time I ever preached, like really preached, okay? Like there's times where I'd stand in my bedroom and kind of like, you know, like preach to the walls. I guess the cockroaches on the other side got saved. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> we didn't have cockroaches, okay? <laughs> Brittany looked at me like. <laughs> but I remember the first time being so nervous, like, God, I'm not, I'm, I can't do this. I was sitting on a stool because that's what pastors did back then. So I thought that's what you're supposed to do. And it was one of those twisty chairs, you know? So I'm sitting here doing this the whole time. <laughs> God's equipped you with what you need. So just do what you can. Write an encouragement letter. Have a conversation with somebody. Come set out some chairs. Come open a door. Did I say come set up yet? Come set up. Mess. What's the third thing we're going to do as a church and as individuals? We're going to pour out our treasure. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, here we go. I knew the pastor would get to this one. Got to pour out our treasure because the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart lies also, right? Verse 3, and this is really unique, I think. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. And here's, here's what I just want you to see in this is, see to this woman, that was treasure to her. That was everything, that was, I mean, a year's wage 
is what it took to buy that. I mean, that's like, to me, that's like buying a new MacBook Pro. Okay? To me, that's like, like that's the most valuable thing that I have. So I'm going to, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. I'm going to give to God what is God's. And for some of us, it may just be a little bit of it. But for some of us, God may be calling you to say, you know what, I'm going to lay down more than that. I want you to lay down more than that. See, let me, let me just say this. Because you're like, Derek, I know you're asking me to give financially, and we would love for you to do that, but I don't want you thinking that we're just doing it to we want your money because we, we you know what we're fine <laughs> okay we're fine so if you're like Derek you're just asking for my money listen I'm, I'm telling you God's going to bless you if you faithfully give so much so here's what I believe if you, if you think, I, think I'm lying give somewhere else give it somewhere else mom and Mark's kind of like Derek don't, don't tell them that <laughs> Yes, how about how about this? They're really gonna hate me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it even more of a challenge to you. If you don't believe me that God blesses those who faithfully give, those who lay down their treasures, I'm gonna challenge you for three months to give faithfully. And at the end of three months, at the end of three months, if you don't feel like God's blessed you or God's worked in your life, we'll write you a check back for everything you gave. That's how much I believe in it. Sorry, mom, mom, heart. So if you, if you want to take that challenge, just take an envelope out today, put your name on it, write down three months challenge. Every time you give, faithfully give for the next three months. Turn it in with that. And at the end of three months, if you don't, if you don't think God's works in your life, listen, we'll write you a check back for it. But I'm here to tell you, if, we, if you faithfully give, if you, and I'm not just talking about trade, because money may not be your treasure. Maybe your treasure is your time. I don't know how we'd pay that back, but... Maybe I'll come work at your house or something for a couple of days. Because <laughs> here's, here's the crazy thing. If you're writing the last, if, I want you to write this down. Because here's what I believe, is that it, it, our Christian faith encompasses every part of our lives, from individual to church life, which means we're going to take a big risk and we're going to pull it, pour it all out there's a part of verse 3 that says this she broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head she broke the jar she broke the jar and she said it was her, her saying you know what this isn't mine anymore I'm giving it all to Jesus and so we have an option this morning with our jar We have this option to say, you know what? That's what I'm going to give. Oh, you want you you need some you need some time. You need a little bit of my time, Derek. Okay. Look at what I did. I gave I, I gave like ten percent of my time this year to Jesus. I gave, I gave 10% of, of, of my treasure to Jesus. I gave, look, right here's, right here's my 10%. Right here's my, 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 my 10% of, of, of my talents. 
Because we could take our talents and we could go make some good money with our talents. I know Connor could. Huh? I'm just gonna get, I'm just, how about, oh, I'll give you another 10%. But just good. Thank you for giving of your time, your talent, and your treasure. But my question is, are we taking really taking a risk in that? Just using money as an example, because it's easy. So you're going to keep nine and keep a dollar, and, and I'm going to tell you, God can do more with your dollar than you, than you can do with your nine. God can do more with that 10% of your time than what you could do trying to keep, keep 100% of your time. But here's what I believe. I believe a revival and a movement can happen in South Knoxville if we decide to pour it all out. Like you remember the last time we talked about this concept of pouring it out? I looked at the, we looked at the story of, of Elisha. Anybody remember that story? Where the, that woman came to him and said, Hey, listen, they're coming after my kids. They're going to take my kids if I don't have money to pay them. And he goes, How much oil do you have, woman? She's like, one measly jar. What am I going to do with one measly jar? That's not enough to pay him. And here's what, the, what this crazy prophet said. I think it's actually kind of brilliant. This crazy prophet said, well, go gather up other people's jars and start pouring your jar into them, right? You remember that? She's like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's why it says, the Bible says she did it behind closed doors because she's like, I don't want people seeing this, right? So she, so she takes she takes her jar, her one measly jar of oil and starts filling everyone's jar in the village to the full. And once she got every jar filled, there it was overflowing in her jar. Because God said, if you pour it out, I will bless you. It may not be money-wise. It may be he give you the family that you always wanted. He'll give you the relationship you've always been looking for. There I'm single. He might pour your jar out. You might find him. <laughs> but what could happen if we decide to take every aspect of our lives and we begin to pour it out? That's why I've decided at South Dole Middle School where I work, listen, I'm going to give my whole life to God, which means I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a light in the midst of sometimes a dark place. I won't be hope for a group of people that may, may feel hopeless because they don't have a good home to go to. Some of them don't have fall. Like I had, a, I had a kid tell me, I just want to know what it's like to be a man because I don't have a man at home. And I have an option to pour a little bit or just to dump this thing out and you do too God has you has you planted where he wants you to do ministry not everybody's called to be on a stage to sing or preach or to do crazy things your ministry may be in an ambulance your ministry may be on the road your ministry may be at Bliss Shopping Center I don't know what the actual title of underlying title list. Maybe it's maybe it's at TVA or First Tennessee or the doctor's office, wherever it is. Maybe God's called you there and has planted you there because he's asking you to do this. To dump it out. To see disciples made where you live, work, and play. 
But the only way that's going to happen is if we decide, you know what, as a church and as individuals, we're going to pour ourselves out in our community. And then, and truly then, can we say, oh yeah, because it's not us getting the credit. It's the kingdom of God moving forward and God getting the credit. Because what, what we believe is that God, God's going to do something so big, not only in our lives, but in the lives of Ship Church and the people that we interact with, that only he could get the credit for it. So my question is, are you ready to go through another year of having some all oh, yeah moments? And how we're going to do that is we're going to pour it out. Let's pray. Dear God, I want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity here to worship this morning. God, I pray as we as we sing, maybe this be our be our call, be our, our prayer, be our our agreement with you, God, to say, you know what, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it all to you. I'm gonna pour it out. I'm gonna break the jar. Because it's not mine to begin with, anyways. Everything I have belongs to you, so I'm gonna give it to you by investing in, in my community. Investing in organizations that are about you, that are sharing the hope that's found in the gospel. Because there's no one like you. I think too often, God, that we forget that we have a life-changing power living within us. And it's not meant just to stay in us. I'm tired of people saying that it's a personal thing, because it's not a personal thing. It's a thing that flows through us. It was never meant to be personal. It was meant to be something that flowed out of us, to pour out of us into people. That's why your call is to go into all the world to share it. So God, give us the boldness, give us the courage, equip us like you already have, but give us knowledge of our equi- equipment, God, to say, say, look at what God has allowed me to do. Well, look what I can do because God has blessed me. And so I'm going to take what I can do and just pour it out so that people can see you, God. May that be our prayer. Not only for this next year, but for the rest of our existence, God, may we be a church and be a people that's known for giving everything away to, for, your, for your name and your renown because that's, that's everything. At the end of the day, it's you that's going to be standing high and lifted up, God. I pray all this in your name. Amen.